Good evening, everyone. How are you? Good. Good to see your smiling faces. We're a little spread out here, but that's good. <laughs> um, we have a few things on our, on our heart tonight, and we're not going to go long, and we're going to break up into groups and pray with one another and pray for one another and cry out to the Lord together and, uh, and have some fellowship. But, um, you know, we, we hold... We hold uh, Wednesday nights loosely. We hold everything loosely around here. We're a loosely held church. We, we don't, we don't want to grab. We want to say, Lord, what are you doing? And we're following you. And, and sometimes that's uncomfortable, but God loves this. God loves a people who, who's like, okay, whatever you want, Lord, here we are. And, um, and so tonight, as we were just this week kind of praying into what, what we, as we were asking, Lord, what are you doing on this Wednesday night, um, some things came out and kind of joined together. Um, there was a theme of God is building, and, and he's building a, a, a house through his church where his living stones, he's building through us. Uh, a place to dwell his presence. That's, that's kind of the gist of it. And um, Tracy had a word that he shared with, with Pastor Mike and I. And it was, it was all about building. That, that we are in a building season. And that in the building, the Lord is revealing his holiness. He's revealing his majesty. He's revealing his worth. The purpose of God building a house through his church, building a sanctuary through his church, is so that he can fill it with glory. That's the whole, that's the Old Testament purpose of a tabernacle, and that's the New Testament purpose of a tabernacle, that he would bring his church together as living stones for the purpose of filling her with glory, for the purpose, not just for us to experience God's glory, so that many get saved so that many come to the knowledge of the truth, so that many come into that tabernacle where the glory is being poured out and they experience the glory of the Lord and they fall on their knees and God has more worshipers in the earth. God is seeking those. John, for, it actually says he is seeking people to worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants more worshipers in every country, in every nation, in every tribe. And that's the purpose of his building. Through us as a church. So, so the theme of building came out. And I was, we were with, uh, in prayer two Sundays ago. And Mike had the same thing. He woke up on a Sunday morning and the Lord said, it's time to build. So we just thought that, that was interesting that those two things came together. So, uh, so we're going to start with this theme of God is building. And we're going to hear this prophetic word. I just want you to kind of hear it. Actually, before we hear it, we're going to pray that the Lord would open our ears by the power of His Spirit. Not our physical ears, but the ears of our spirit to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I want, I want Tracy to read this and to kind of talk through it. Mike, if you would have your, your word of building just kind of ready to talk through. And then, and then I'm going to just tie it together a little bit, and then we're going to go right into our groups and pray into this. Amen? Okay, we're going to do all of this in 20 minutes, gentlemen. <laughs> 25? 20. 20. Well, yeah, yeah, let's go. We're going to go to 8.04, which is actually 8 o'clock. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
Actually, would you just pray for us? Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. God, we're on an adventure. Our life, our entire life is an adventure with you. How cool is that? God, I thank you that you'd open every heart tonight. God, we can say things, we can preach things, we can teach things, but God, only you can convict the hearts of your children. Lord, I thank you that you've gone before us, Lord, preparing hearts, Lord, opening hearts to receive what you have, God, for each and every one of us, Lord. Even as people are watching online, I don't know who's watching online or who may watch this as a, as a uh, later, but I feel, I feel like your heart is being opened at such a greater measure that God is going to pour in what he has for you, taking you to a different place to a different place, to that place of holiness, to that place of sanctification in your heart. It allows you to go so deep with God that you go into a different realm, that you go into a different place. God, I pray that you just even take people up. I don't know if it's here or, man, I'm just feeling that so strongly that there's people either tonight or as they sleep tonight and they go home and they lie their head on their pillow, Lord. God, you come with dreams, revelation, and visions, Lord. Your word says that you prophesy in part, Lord. I thank you, God, that the parts equal the whole. That, God, that you would send dreams and words and revelation to, to others within the congregation. Even as I wrote that word almost three months ago now, that other people from the body would come together with different words and they would actually fit together like a puzzle, Lord. I thank you for that. God, we just release that that spirit of prophecy, Lord, over your, over your people tonight. Receive, receive from the heavens. Receive for what you have for us tonight, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. So I woke up last Thursday morning, and um, immediately I, I heard the Lord saying he didn't stop for nearly 20 minutes. I was trying to brush my teeth. <laughs> I was trying to brush my teeth, and he was, I just couldn't stop him. He was just, and I kept seeing this vision of the, these numbers, and it was, he kept saying two by two, four by four. Um, just so you know, I was not a good, great math student. In fact, I was not a great student when I was younger whatsoever. <laughs> but I'm like, God, are you taking me back? <laughs> to go back to school to learn my Subtraction, addition, multiplication, and, and division. And then I thought to myself, man, is he talking about multiplication? Because what I saw was 2x2, 4x4, like 2 by 2 4 by 4 And I even went back and I thought, man, I need a new pair of tires on my car. And I'm thinking it's two-wheel drive, front-wheel drive, and I don't have a 4 by 4 but my wife does. And I'm thinking, we just had snow. I'm like, God, what are you trying to say? And this went on for two days. And usually the Lord will speak to me, and I don't share, um, I share some things with, with Nikki, and I, I, I bounce a lot of things off her, actually. She has way better the discernment than I do, but uh, I can assure you of that. Um, but, but I share with her when we were coming home then from Sean Foyt, um, from the, uh, the worship um, down in Colorado Springs this last Saturday. We were on the way home, and I, I said, hey, Nikki, I said, hey, I had this dream, and, um, or I woke up the other day, and God kept speaking this. And so here's where it starts, and I'll just kind of read it, and then, uh, and then I'll give some, some context a little bit within, and then, uh, 
and then uh, and then we'll pray into it as well. I might have a maybe even a, t- a quick testimony to go along with it. And as soon as I, I told Nikki about this, she said, "Well, that's easy. Two by twos and four by fours are used for building, and we're in a building season." <laughs> and so Mike, she was listening she, on Sunday mornings <laughs> as he'd been talking about building. Uh, she was not not paying attention to you, uh, so that's a good sign, right? <laughs> Immediately this resonated in my heart and it opened up a floodgate of revelation and God was speaking. I asked myself what two by twos and four by fours are used for in building. And God said, as I said this, I, I knew the word was for the rock and its surrounding sphere and sphere of influence. I had a vision. I saw two by twos being driven into the ground as stakes with a string running from one stake to the next to prepare like a foundation or a plot for building upon that we must define the area, square it up, excavate it, come into alignment and make level. I felt strongly that we, that we already had a foundation that was prepared properly, but God wanted to add to it. Kind of like a, an addition to a house. God took me on a trip through the courtyard and the tabernacle. I kind of got like taken up. Once I went home, I just like went into a different place. And all I could hear the entire time as he was taking me through some scripture was holy, 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 holy. And he took me all the way through Exodus and Numbers where he's talking about the tabernacle, which is just what Marcus was talking about. And the pegs and the stakes. And in, Num- in Numbers 432, it says, as well as the posts of the surrounding courtyard with their bases, tent pegs, ropes, strings, ropes, all their equipment and everything related to their use assigned to each man the specific things he is to carry. There's an assignment in this. There's an assignment with the alignment. Numbers 432. I saw four by fours being ripped out then of the ground that seemed to be old like fence posts. I then saw four by fours being dropped into different holes, giving the area a larger definition or an expansion or vastness. I then heard the Lord say, I'm going to expand your tent pegs. I instantly remembered my dream from July about violent shaking, and God revealed this. Churches will close at alarming rates and bring new meaning to the term M&A, merger and acquisition. There will be consolidation of churches and bodies. For those that stewarded well the little will now be given a lot. These will become the apostolic centers of power and authority and that the people will flock to in times of desperation. And then the Lord went on to speak this. Keep preparing. Do not stop. I am giving you a new capacity. Like a set of lungs that are not operating at their highest level, I am going to open up the airways, clear the windpipe, and stimulate the bronchial tubes to receive more oxygen. I am kicking out some walls and preparing you for the expansion in this house. Some furniture will need to be rearranged. Rest easy knowing that it's me that has gone before you. Visitors will come. Long-standing guests will leave. Know beyond all doubt that I am in it. The building permits have been approved. The resources, materials, and helpers will continue to come and go as I move in your midst. My glory rests upon this house. It is unshakable, 
Roll up your sleeves. It's time to go to work. That's the end of that. And I, uh, whoa, um, there's so much in that. Man, we could unpack this for more than our time allows. I'm so, I'm so sure of that. One thing I do know is that, is that I just want everyone to be encouraged by this word, number one. But I believe that we're in a season. I believe that this very strongly, and I've shared this with several people probably over the last two months, and I've even had people calling me. It was kind of crazy about being taken to a different place or being taken to this place that's holy, holy, holy. And, man, whether you want to take a second, uh, go to, on a trip to the second heaven or the third heaven, it's all possible and it's available to us. And um, the one thing I didn't see, though, and I believe that in this season that there is this holy, holy, holy place has something to do with our mouth. And we talked about this in the prayer room in the back before service. But um, as you, as you look at, um, we were reading through Isaiah, Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4 was on Marcus's heart. And I think he's going to unpack a little bit of that. But um, as I read Isaiah 6, it talks about the seraphim coming with the tongs and picking up the coals and putting the coals on the lips. And Isaiah saying, I'm, I'm a man unworthy. I'm a man of unclean lips. What I didn't see in Jeremiah was, uh, and I didn't put the two, the two together, was in Jeremiah. And that was the commissioning, by the way, just to set the stage. Isaiah 6 is the commissioning of, of Isaiah as a prophet. And then the commissioning of Jeremiah as a prophet is in chapter 1 of Jeremiah. And it talks about that. Let me go there real quick because I, I didn't put these two together. And then I'll kind of um, rest easy and pull back. Um, I thought I was there. Sorry about that. There we go. So in the beginning of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1. So he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And this is where it says it. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. And that even goes with the image and everything we talked about back there. But... um, I'll tell you this. I'll share a quick, I'll clear a quick testimony. And I've shared it before, actually, where the Lord sat me up on the edge of my bed one night. Supernaturally, I got stuck to the bed. I couldn't move. And he asked me this question, will you partner with me? And I just remembered this as I didn't put all this together until the back. So this is just literally spirit-led. At the end of it, I, I, I sat and wept for 45 minutes. And he kept asking me, will you partner with me? And when I said yes, I remember my, my lips going completely numb. I could count on one hand the number of times I've had a manifestation where my lips have gone numb or tingly, and that was one of them. And I believe it was 
what the Lord is speaking. In fact, I have to go back and unpack all the major prophets now and see <laughs> and try to dig in. I mean, I think that's uh, fill my next week of, of time with the Lord and just uh, digging deep. But, but all that to say, there's a, there's a moment, in t- I think even what we're talking about, the holy, 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 there's something to do with the mouth. And it has something to do with us being of unclean lips, as Isaiah says, or in Jeremiah, where he's saying he, that the Lord came out and touched his mouth. Uh, you know, the power of life and death is in the tongue, in what we speak, and in the mouth. But, man, there, I think there's just so much more to that. So, so the Lord is, has us in a building season, two by two, four by four. And the in the building, I'm just reading hashing this so that we all come back together. So in the building, there's a sense of holy, holy, holy. He was, he was feeling the sense of holy, holy, holy. Mike, why don't you come up and just share? So this, this is actually very, this was all in the same week. The Lord spoke to Mike, it's time to build. The Lord spoke to Tracy, two by two, four by four, need a little help from his wife. It's time to build, <laughs> which we all do. And, and, but I just think this is, I think this is important what Mike's going to share, and then I'll kind of wrap it up, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get together. So the, yeah, on 9-2, nine, on nine this was uh, during our time of fasting and prayer. Uh, we did three days of fasting and prayer, and, and this was the day the Lord, it just kind of gave me this word, and then on 9-6, on which was Sunday uh, morning, that's when I woke up at about 4.30 in the morning, and and it was so clear. He just said, it's time to build. And, uh, and I, we've known it's been kind of time to build, but it's that like, uh, and there's two forms of building. Uh, one is in the spiritual sense, uh, one is kingdom. Uh, but there is also a physical building, and I believe it's actually, it's both that you're gonna see, we're going to see. There's things that the Lord actually is calling us to establish here, and then also there's a kingdom building. Um, and the thing, I actually wrote this in the, in the email today, and I just said, I feel like the, uh, we're feeling the Lord impress upon us uh, to know his holiness and then to posture our response to be holy as he is holy. And here's the thing. This is critical for the alignment to be able to build. Uh, if, and with my background, civil engineering and, and uh, developing, uh, first of all, communities, neighborhoods, and then cities, uh, if you don't have an alignment, if you're not aligned, if you don't have your, uh, your surveyors out and you don't have things in place where they're supposed to be, if you build, if you build your foundations, you're going to build them off. Uh, and you do not want your foundations off. You want them <laughs> in alignment with where they're supposed to be in the plans. Otherwise, it can mess everything up. I used to do water and wastewater treatment, and it was even more critical there. We would, dev- we would do water treatment plants, and everything has to flow just perfectly, and it has to be positioned just perfectly, or else water doesn't flow uphill. Uh, and so if you've ever tried to do it, it doesn't work. So anyway, so uh, it could be critical, though, where you're building a, a $10 million piece of the facility, and if you build it off center or off height, um, it could cost you a lot of money. <laughs> you don't want to do it. I don't want to mess up as a civil engineer, and you don't want to mess up in the field. And, uh, and I, I feel like this is the season... This is that alignment. And so what Tracy was feeling with this holy, 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 and what you're going to hear from Marcus in just a minute here of, of this holy, 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 is this place of alignment that is required as we move into this time of building. 
this is what the Lord just shared. Like, I wrote this. It wasn't like, thus saith the Lord. It was just something I was writing as I was in this time of fasting and just what I was feeling. Um, and so this is not a thus saith the Lord. Just, but, but I do believe it is of him as I was just in this time of prayer. And I just wrote this. I said, when our foundation is in the Lord, we will not be shaken. When we are established in his love, we will not be shaken. When we build our lives on Jesus, we will not be shaken. And when we love the way he loved, our lives will no longer be our own. Then, when the shakings come, when the storms rage, we will be the unshakable ones. We'll be the righteous ones, the ones who do not shrink back, the ones established in love and truth, the ones led by the Spirit. And where, when the Spirit of the Lord reigns in our life, there will be freedom. So, then we, we no longer live, but Christ lives in us, and death will lose its sting. So, the fear of the things of this world will no longer have any hold. For our fear, it must be in the Lord. And this fear is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord establishes Jesus as king in our life. This grounds us in his love, and this love becomes the very center of our being. And wisdom comes when our fear is positioned in God alone. Unless, actually, I'll just, uh, I think I'll just stop there. I ju- well, here, no, I'll just read this. So the fo- this, is, this is a key part here. So when you build, the other thing you do is you set, you set a cornerstone. You set a, the, and so Jesus is called the cornerstone. He's the very stone that's set, the very first stone that's set. And if that stone is set off place, everything's off because everything's built off of that stone. So just following with that, I just, I just wrote this foundation, Jesus is the cornerstone of our lives, cannot be just a belief or a good idea or a philosophy or an attitude. It must become the very action, the very direction, and the very value of our life. The essence of who we are must be Christ, Christ alone. So our faith will not survive if, we, if it is not followed by the action of the very good works that the Holy Spirit actually reveals by the Father for us in knowing the deep thoughts of the Father, the knowledge of His will, and then this is revealed through spiritual wisdom and understanding. So we, either, we are either moving into His love through our active faith, or we're moving out of His love through doubt, unbelief, complacency, and a focus on and desire for the worldly things and the selfishness of, the, of our flesh. So no action, I just or I said the action of no action will actually lead to death. For faith without action is dead. So may we live our lives in a way that glorifies our God and Father as we build on the strong cornerstone foundation on Christ. That we together may rise as one to become a holy dwelling. And here it is. It's in there from, this was back from the 6th. To become a holy dwelling in which God may live by His Spirit. Amen. So we're hearing build, we're hearing holiness, we're hearing 
Uh, this is actually an exciting time. This is really an exciting time for us as a people. I'm, I'm excited that God has given us this invitation to build. What I, what I feel is that as the Lord highlights these two things, build and I think we all need to ask the question, Lord, how are you calling me to build in this season? I think the Lord leaves it vague for a reason. He wants us to actually come to him and ask the question, Lord, what does this mean for me? But as I hear holy, 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 that, that is a, um, just as I read that, as Tracy sent me that, that email, um, there's only three, there's only one attribute of God that is mentioned three times in succession. And this was, this was touching me the other day. God isn't, God doesn't, the seraphim don't look at God and say love, 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 though God is love, don't get me wrong. The seraphim don't look at God and say justice, 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 or mercy, mercy, mercy. The seraphim, with eyes to see, I mean covered in eyes, they look at God and what they declare three times. And it's interesting, if you study Hebrew poetry, uh, a literary device for emphasis is to repeat something. And a literary device for like high or super important emphasis is to repeat it three times. And so these seraphim are singing holy, not just one time, holy, holy, not just two times, but holy, holy, holy. And we can take that to mean pure, and it does mean pure. There's a part of, there's no sin in God, there's no shadow in God, but I think what they're more declaring is not like us, totally other than, very, very unique, not just even very unique, unique. When God mentions who he is to Moses, Moses says, God, I'm at this burning bush, you're telling me to go, I'm going to walk in to my people and they're going to say, who, who, who sent you? God says, tell them that I am who I am sent me. It's the, it's the very name of God, Yahweh, or Jehovah in the King James, spoken something over like 6,000 times in Scripture. And the very essence of that mean, name means to be. It means there's no one else to compare to me. I can't look in the earth and say, that's what I'm like. That's who sent you. I have to compare myself to me because there's no one like me. So tell them that I am who I am sent me. And, and so I think that as we meditate on the holiness of God and who he is, it, it helps us to humble ourselves under his awesome, vast, great nature. I've just, I've felt the invitation from the Holy Spirit to ask God to reveal, or ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the Father's holiness to me in this season. That I need a fresh understanding of how holy the Father is so that I can walk before him in a holy way, in a worthy way. The revealing of his holiness isn't just so that we walk in purity, and that is very important. The revealing of his holiness is so that we stand in awe of him, so that we are in wonder of him, so that, we, so that our hearts ascend to this, you are magnificent and majestic and mighty and powerful and you love me? And you sent your son for me? 
You are the God who was. You are from everlasting to everlasting. You're the eternal God. You have life within yourself. And you love me. And you care for me. You've had thoughts. You're the God who was. And this God who was, before the foundation of the earth, had a thought in Ephesians 1 that you would be holy and blameless in his sight. He's had a purpose for you forever, and he's been thinking about you forever. And then he's the God who is. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is with me all the time. Not only is he with me, he's with Tracy. Not only is he with Tracy, he's with my wife Rachel. You get what I'm at. He's everywhere at one time. My kids, seven kids, they have a hard time getting my attention. Even in public, they say, Dad, if we say Dad, you don't even turn around. We have to say Marcus. And then I was like, Marcus? And I hear this little voice say, Marcus. God isn't like that. He's totally other than. He can have a conversation with each of us at one time and answer, of it, and answer each of us in a unique, individual, awesome way. I mean, just that description of who was and is and who is to come. Guys, his revelation is ever unfolding. He is always unfolding in his character and in his nature. He's never going to end. He's the end from the beginning. He is the alpha and the omega. Though it says he is the omega, he is the end. That just means he's our end. Everyone is going to stand before him. They are going to have to deal with the one on the throne that John saw. But not only is he is to come, he's never going to end. He's actually coming. Did you know the Father is coming to earth after the thousand-year reign of Christ? Christ prepares the earth for his Father. Then the Father remakes the earth, and the new Jerusalem dwells, and God will be their God, they will be my people, and I will dwell in their midst. So I've been, so I'm just excited. But God is holy. He is totally other than, and we need to get fascinated by who he is again. We need to just take those verses, holy, 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 take that meditation, who was and is to come, take that meditation that the elders respond, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Why? Because you created all things. And by your will, they exist right now. Isaiah chapter 42, it says that he stretched out the heavens and he stretched out the earth and all that fills them and he gives every man that is breathing the breath that is in their lungs. We exist because God is willing it right now from his throne. And I just, I feel this invitation of it's time for us to get fascinated with who God is so that we stand in awe of him and we walk before him with holiness. I think it's very important in this season. When, when, this, when Tracy was saying building and Mike was saying building and this holy, 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 I, I felt this warning of Marcus what I'm bringing you into is going to require you as a people to walk in a greater level of holiness before me. As I am set apart, so you are to be set apart unto me. You're supposed to set your eyes on me and set your life apart to me. And we can go into, there's many scriptures in the New Testament. I mean, just, just open a page and you're going to read it and you're going to be called to holiness. First Peter, be holy as I am holy. That's chapter 2. Chapter 1 It says, you've been set apart by the sanctifying, holiness-producing work of the Holy Spirit. I think it's time for us to get fascinated with God and to actually look at what does it mean to be holy in His presence. 
I just want to turn to, we're going to end with this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And Paul actually prays for this. And I found myself praying this today. This was so funny. I was preparing. The verse that like, I got stuck in was 1 Thessalonians, the beginning of 4, verses 1 through 8. And I kept thinking, where does Paul pray for us to be holy, for our hearts to be established holy and blameless before God the Father in this life? Where is that? And then I did like a few searches and I couldn't find it. And then, and then I looked up and it's chap- the end of chapter 3, right before what I was studying in chapter 4. And I was just like, ah, it's right there. So it was fun for me. <laughs> But Paul prays this, and I'm going to tie two ideas together of us walking in holiness and, and, how it's, and how Paul ties it to love. And then we're going to get in our groups and just pray for one another and ask for the Lord to do this in us. Verse 11 of chapter 3. So this is, again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. So Paul wants to go see the Thessalonian church again. He only spent three weeks with them uh, in his missionary journey with Silas and Timothy. And he's longing to see them again. And he's asking God to direct his way to them. And then kind of shifts a little bit. And he says, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. So he's, he's saying, Lord Jesus, God, Father, would you make, would you pour out power, would you help? And this making is by the Holy Spirit inside of us rising up. But would you make them increase and abound? The increase is that it would get greater. The abound is that it would overflow. So that it would, there would be greater love within us, but then it would be overflowing love that touches others around us. And that overflowing is that we would abound in one another to the church for one another. That was Paul talking to the church. And for all, for everyone we encounter, that we would abound in love. We would overflow in love. We would have what Mike prayed on Saturday, faith expressing itself through love. And then that's cool. He says, as we do for you. And then verse 13, there's a, there's a so that I almost look at this as like an equal sign. So that something's going to be produced when God increases our love for him and our love for others and it begins to begin to overflow with action. Something's going to happen. So that, and this is what's going to happen, he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father. So think of those seraphim singing, holy, holy, holy. God wants us in his presence and our hearts established in holiness before him. What's the means Paul prays for that holiness? That love, that fascination would abound in our heart for God and that it would overflow in acts of love for his church and for everyone in the earth. And Paul says, that's going to equal you walking before the God of all the universe in holiness. As you do the good works, as you enter into prayer, as you 
fast, as you stretch out your hand and pray for the sick, as you, and on and on and on. The good works he has called us to do with this overflowing love, it's going to produce us walking in holiness before him. And I just had never seen that before. I was like, wow, that is great. So I think how I would like to end, and it's, it's about 8.10 right now, so we have about 20 to 35 minutes before you have to pick up your children, parents. You should know that. You have to pick them up between 8.30 and 8.45. What I would like us to do is I'd like us to, to circle up, and I'm, I kind of have three questions or, or three things that are on my heart that I'd like us to pray into. One, we're in a building season. Just ask the question. Go into prayer in your group. Lord, how are you calling me to build in this season? How are you calling me to invest in your kingdom in this season? If God's building a sanctuary, what does that require of me in this season? And then two, I guess there's only two questions. How is God calling me to walk in a greater level of holiness? Now, if I were you in that group, I would actually have people pray for me. Would you pray for me that I would walk? Would we pray together that we would walk in a greater level of holiness? Because this is only by the power of the Spirit. It's God, as Paul was saying, making. It's God directing. It's God helping so that we can have blameless hearts walking in holiness before him. There's many verses. We don't have time to go into it. But it's, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to help us be sanctified, to help us walk in sanctification. There's, a, there's an initial, we're clean before him, but then there's a working out of our salvation by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I think that's the two ways we'd like to, to interact in our groups tonight. Is that good? Clear as mud? Okay. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going we're gonna to break up and go forth. Lord, we thank you for a season of building, and we thank you that you want to dwell with us in a holy way. And we want to be a people, that holy nation that Mike prayed for. You have set us apart to be your chosen people and your holy nation. And we want to walk before you in this season with a greater level of holiness. God, where we are weak, give us strength for this. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.